Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Our series of podcasts is called The Deep End, and we want to dive back into the deep end today as we look at this passage from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. That's where we were this past Sunday. We talked about enlightened hearts. That was the title of our lesson. And that's what we want to continue talking about today as we get into the deep end. Paul has his prayer request he has for the church, the Ephesian church, who was a good church. They were right on track. They had faith in Christ. They had love for all the saints. And yet Paul says he's praying for them. And he's praying for them that they gain more knowledge. He prays that their hearts are enlightened to the truth. And really the whole, the whole idea about enlightenment is that we're, we're clear. We see clearly, not with our physical eyes, but with the eyes of our hearts. And Paul is praying that this church would see better, see more clearly the truth about God and the things that come from God. And that's what we want to talk about today is how knowledge changes our lives. That if we get the spiritual enlightenment, it'll change everything, everything. I don't know if you're like this, but I like watching these old detective shows like Columbo, things like that. And they're usually set in the 60s and 70s. And what I notice is when I watch these shows, everybody smokes. Everybody. Whether they're at public or not, they're at home, they're at the store, they're at a restaurant, it's daytime, it's nighttime, it doesn't matter. It's like everybody smoked. And I don't know if that was the reality. I didn't live back then, but everybody smoked. It was like a commonality. Everybody just had a cigarette lit up all the time. (laughs) And it's no big deal. And today, we've had this shift where some people still smoke, but a lot of us don't. Most people don't smoke anymore. And the reason is because we gain knowledge. We gain knowledge about the harmful effects smoking has on the body. And there's a lot more knowledge about smoking today. And it took on a big shift. And there's a population who smoke, but most of us don't smoke. It's because we know it's harmful for the body and we're concerned with our health. Another thing people used to do is they used to use asbestos for building with. And it's like 50 years ago or whatever, asbestos was a common building tool that they would use and now we don't use it and the reason we don't use it is because we gain knowledge that asbestos is harmful for the body and so we don't use asbestos anymore we find different materials to use it's because we gain knowledge it's that simple knowledge helps us you know they they say ignorance is bliss but it's not really if you're living in harmful things If if you're doing harmful things to your body it's not bliss if you're doing things that conventionally hurt you it's because knowledge helps us and now we have this thing called the internet where we can gain knowledge at a split second. We can type in whatever we're looking for. We can gain some knowledge about it. And maybe we've taken that a little too far. Maybe it's not the right kind of knowledge, but knowledge helps us. And we know that. And that's what we want to talk about today is we want to talk about knowledge that changes our lives because there is that knowledge. And that's what Paul is praying for with the Ephesians, that they have the knowledge that would change their lives. And these are for people who are already on track spiritually. He wants them to have more knowledge. And so he says this, he says, he wants them to know God. He wants them to know God and to see everything through the lens of knowing God. Because if these people would know God intimately, truly, more profoundly, it would change everything. If they could see the world, if they could see themselves the way that God does, that's all they need. That's all they need is to see God in a better light. And isn't that true about us? The first time we learned about God, the first time we learned about ourselves, about things of scripture, didn't it change our lives? We started to go, wait a minute, how I'm living is harmful. This isn't good. I need to turn around. I need to repent of these sins. I need to trust in Jesus. I need to cast this sin off. I need to love my neighbor. 
And Paul wants them to have more knowledge about God, more revelation about God. So that's what he asked God for. God, open their eyes even more to see you more clearly because once they do, it will change their lives. And that's something we should yearn for and long for and pray for is that God would open our eyes to more knowledge about him. Is that something we want? I hope it is. The next thing Paul prays for is that they would have his wisdom, God's wisdom. So they would have God's wisdom because when they have God's wisdom, they can see beyond the worldly wisdom. And there are people in this, in this world that we lived in who have wisdom. They're full of the worldly wisdom. They've been around. They've learned the things about the world we live in. And they, you know, they're teachers and professors and they're writing books and things like that. And you can gain a lot of wisdom. But the thing Paul is praying for for the Ephesians is that they have wisdom beyond worldly wisdom. They have God's wisdom. And if they have God's wisdom, they can see beyond worldly wisdom. Not that worldly wisdom is bad necessarily, but there's something beyond it. And Paul wants to take their eyes beyond worldly wisdom to godly wisdom. Because if they see God, if they see everything that God knows, once again, they'll have the perfect perspective in this life. They won't live for the things of the earth. They'll live for the things of the kingdom of God. And that's what he wants. So he doesn't want them stopping short of godly wisdom. He wants them to have godly wisdom. And he says, God, please grant this to the Ephesians that they can have more wisdom, more knowledge, more revelation about you so they can see beyond. They can see what this world is intended for. They can see the temporal nature of their lives. They can see the things that matter and the things that don't matter. They can have the wisdom and the discernment to cut through all the things that the world cannot. And once they have that wisdom, it'll change their lives. The next thing he prays for is that they filled with his spirit, God's spirit. He wants them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when they're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's very similar to the things he's already prayed for. They're going to care about things higher than earthly citizens do. Earthly citizens, the best people here who are thinking about the best things on earth are thinking about the environment and their retirement plan and the best way to live long healthy and how to be rich and how to invest in the world. That's the best. That's the best earthly citizens can think about. And again, that's not necessarily wrong. But Paul says, I want them to have stuff beyond that. Because again, the earth isn't that important. It says in scripture that God's going to take this world and roll it up like a scroll and throw it away. It's disposable in his eyes. It's cursed. This earth is not going to last forever. It was never intended to. So God's going to take this world. He's going to roll it up. He's going to toss it away. And so he, Paul's praying, listen, I don't want you to, to live for the things that the world lives for. I want you to live for the things that God thinks are important. And the way that you're going to do that is you're going to have the Spirit within you. You're going to have the Spirit showing you and teaching you what is truly important. So I'm going to pray for that. I'm going to pray that God's Spirit comes into your soul, guides your actions, guides your beliefs, guides your thought processes. Because when that happens, you're going to live correctly. You're going to see correctly. You're going to live for the things that God says are important. And you're going to say to the world, that's not important enough. It's not. It doesn't matter. I can beat my brains out trying to live for the things that matter on the earth. And then the earth's going to go away. That's not valuable enough. But if I have the Holy Spirit, I'm going to think the way that God thinks. And once I think the way that God thinks, man, I'm going to live correctly. I'm going to utilize this life. And it's going to live for the rest of eternity. The things that I've done, the choices that I made, the treasures that I lived for. And Paul wants that. He also prays that they know the hope. They know the hope they can have in Jesus Christ. Because to know the hope 
that we have in Jesus Christ means we can endure anything. Anything that is hard, anything that is painful in this life, if we simply know the hope. And these people had already known the hope. They had already trusted in Jesus Christ. To some degree, they knew that hope already. But Paul is praying they know the hope even more. Why? Because the better the hope, the more we can endure. It's true, isn't it? Think about it. The more hope, the better the hope, the more we can endure in this life. If we can endure a little bit in this life, it's because we have little hope. If we can endure almost nothing in this life, it's probably because we have no hope. Everything has to go smoothly because this is the best we got. But, but, if we have hope beyond the grave, if we have a lot of hope, if we have tremendous hope beyond the grave, like our Lord Jesus did, then we can endure anything. Anything. As long as it's temporal and as long as we have hope. And that's true. That's true about the greatest saints in scriptures. They endured fiery furnaces and lion's dens and enemies hating them and people throwing them in dungeons and all kinds of persecution and torture. Why? Because they had tremendous hope in the Lord. They knew that eventually this treatment was going to stop. The dawn was going to come and they were going to be in another place where no more suffering and no more hardship takes place and no more pain ever comes to them. And they knew that hope. They tasted of that hope. They had seen that hope in their Lord Jesus Christ in the way that they lived. And so it taught them to say, man, you can go on. You can go forward. This doesn't have to define you. This isn't your reality. This is a boot camp. This is preparing you. This is making you something that you need to be in order to enjoy the other side. So go forward. And Paul wants them to have tremendous hope, real hope that changes their lives Because when people have that kind of hope, they live like strangers and aliens in this earth. Because it's not their home. They're not trying to get every ounce of treasure and riches from this world because it's not their home. They're living for something better and greater beyond. So it doesn't matter if they're poor. It doesn't matter if if they're suffering. It doesn't matter if they're persecuted or lonely. As long as they have hope on the other side. The next thing Paul prays for is that they know the riches in Christ. Know the riches of his inheritance. They had the riches. Everyone who trusts in Jesus Christ has the riches waiting for them. And that's just what we get from being in Christ. We get his riches. And so Paul is praying that they know the riches. Because if they know the riches that await them on the other side, here's the reality. They don't need anything else. They don't need anything else. If we know what we have in Christ, Once again, waiting for us on the other side, God's inheritance, God's riches. We don't need to try to gain stuff in this life. It doesn't matter. I I talked about on Sunday how sometimes when we put garbage on the curb, uh, old furniture pieces or whatever it is, sometimes someone will come by and grab it uh, because they want it. They think they can utilize it or make it something else. I don't know. I don't know why. (laughs) I've never been that type of person. I don't collect garbage. But some people do, and I'm not faulting those people. I'm just saying, it's kind of an illustration for what I'm talking about. We don't have to chase garbage, which really what this world can give us, even the best stuff, is garbage in comparison to what God can give us. It's garbage. And if we know we have God's inheritance and we have riches beyond riches waiting for us in Christ, we don't have to chase petty fool's gold riches in this earth. We don't have to. I don't have to beat up my brains trying to keep up with the Joneses and, you know, having more stuff and better stuff than my neighbor and, you know, making sure my grass is greener and my house is bigger and my car is nicer. I just don't have to do it. I don't have to live that way because I have something greater than that. Does it make sense? And that's what Paul is praying that they know. 
Because once they know about the riches, they'll live better. They'll make better choices. They'll, they'll gain things that are eternal versus things that are earthly. And Paul wants that for the Ephesians. He loves these people. The last thing he prays for is that they have the power. They know the power that they can have in Jesus Christ. They know the power that raised him from the dead. That is the power that every Christian has access to. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and to me. And Paul wants them to know that power because if they know that power, they can be, they cannot be thwarted in anything they want to do for God. Anything. Anything. And think about it. I mean, if you look back to the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints, they did things that really aren't explicable. Like David taking down Goliath. No one would have taken that bet. I mean, we use that in sports and media now, you know, the whole David and Goliath thing. When, when there's someone really big and strong and better and there's some puny little school and, you know, taking on this big, huge Division One school, there's not a chance. It's kind of like a David and Goliath. But in the back of our minds, we're going, well, maybe because David did take down Goliath. But how did he do that? How? How did David take down someone, you know, two or three times his size and strength and power? It's because he has God on his side. That's it. I mean, that's it. God's power was utilized through David and David took the giant down. I mean, that's it. In all of these stories, you look back in the Old Testament when the Israelites went to war with much bigger nations, with much bigger armies, and they won. How did they do it? They had God's power. That's the only explanation that makes sense. God was with them. God fought for them and they won. And Paul is praying that the Ephesians know that power because if they know that power, they could do anything for God, anything for God. And, and sometimes we get, I don't know, depressed or dismayed by the fact that God calls us to big, scary things. And it's like, I don't know, God, I don't know if I can really do what you're calling me to do. God, that's big. God, that's hard. God, I'm not the right person. God, I don't, maybe someone else, maybe some other time. I'm not the guy you're you really want for this task. And God says, I, you don't understand. I'm not asking you to do this in your strength. I'm asking you to do this in my strength. And in my strength, you can do anything. In my strength, you will, you will not be thwarted in anything you want to do for my will. So God enables us by this power, but he, we have to know this power. We have to taste of this power. We have to see this power in Jesus because Jesus had this power. Yeah, he was meek. He was poor. He suffered. But Jesus did things that blow our minds. He did miracle and wonders and things that can only be explained with the power of God. How did he do it? Obviously, he knew the power that he had through God. And that's the power Paul wants the Ephesians and us to know. Because if we know that power, it'll change our perspective. We'll live in confidence. We'll do hard things for God. If God asks us to do anything, no matter what it looks like, we're going to do it. We'll take any amount of risk because we know that God will be backing us. And if God is backing us, watch out. Do you see what Paul's praying for for the Ephesians? Really bold, big things. Because if they have these things, if they know these things, knowledge is going to change their lives. It's going to change the way that they live. And everybody's going to notice the Ephesians if they have these kinds of things. If they re realize the kind of power, riches, and hope they have in Christ. And it's interesting. I looked up the word enlightenment. And the opposite, the antonym to enlightenment is confusion. Confusion. When we don't know God, when we don't have his wisdom, when we aren't filled with his spirit, when we don't know the hope or the riches or the power, then we're perplexed by God's truth. We're confused by it. It doesn't make any sense to us. 
It goes right over our heads. We're confused by God's truth and we walk the same way the world does because it's all we can see. It's similar to being blind. When someone is blind, they do the best they can with the limited knowledge they have. They can't see, so they rely upon a stick or a dog or someone guiding their path or memory or whatever they have to use. And I've never been blind. I don't know what that is like, but I have been blind spiritually and I remember that time. I was doing the best I could with the knowledge that I have, but it was really poor. It was a really bad way to live because I didn't know. I didn't know. I was walking in danger all the time because I didn't know any better. And once God came into my soul through his Holy Spirit, he opened my eyes, the hearts, excuse me, the eyes of my heart, and I started to act differently. And I said, wow, what were they doing before? That stuff is not helpful. That stuff is not good for God. That stuff is not good for my soul. And I started going the right way. Because I wasn't confused anymore. I wasn't perplexed anymore. I started to see what really was truth. What really was valuable. What really was worth my time and energy. What real power looked like. And I started to live differently. Because knowledge gives enlightenment. And enlightenment changes your lives. And we have to think about that today. Because there's something God wants from us today. And we know that because he gave us lots of commandments. And sometimes God will tell you through his spirit, he wants you to do something very specific. And we're all kind of concerned with the will of God, the unrevealed will of God, going, who do I marry? Where do I go? What job do I have? Where should I live? But I think most often we need to look at the revealed will of God through his commandments and go, that right there, right there is what I need to do. And that's knowledge. And that's how we can start. But we also need to start by seeing Jesus in the way that he lived. Because I think Paul is praying for profound things here, but I don't think... The way that the Ephesians get it is through profound means. I think they just get it by looking to Jesus and remembering what they have in Christ. Because when Christ comes into a soul, we gain the hope, we gain the riches, we gain the power, we get more revelation and knowledge and wisdom about God, and we can walk correctly. Are you today? Are you walking correctly today? Is there something that is holding you down? Is there something that's making you sad tired, frustrated in life, something stealing your joy, something stealing your contentment, stealing your security, getting you to worry and be anxious, getting you to question the very foundation of God. Is it possible? Then this is what we need. This is what we need. We need knowledge. We need the eyes of our hearts to be enlightened, to see Jesus clearly, because once we do, we will know everything we need to know. We will see beyond the wisdom of this world. We will live for better things. We will be filled with hope. We can endure things that other people can't endure. We don't have to chase things other people have to chase because we know we're rich on the other side. We don't have to find riches here on the earth that go away. I'm rich eternally in Christ. I'm set up for the rest of eternity. I'm good to go. I can live my time on this earth entirely for Jesus. Because I don't have to gain another thing. And we can know the power. And we can stand up in the face of evil and sin and do God's will against really big foes and enemies. Because God is stronger. It's just that plain and simple. And I pray that for us today, as we listen to this today, that our eyes of our hearts would be enlightened. And we would have the knowledge that would change our lives. And we would look at whatever that mountain is today that we're facing. Whatever that thing is that's standing in our way that seems to be plaguing us and taking us down and getting us to 
question the very foundations of our life or our God's existence or God's love or our acceptance with Jesus Christ, we would look at Jesus. We would look at him. We would see the hope that he had. We would see the riches that awaited him. We would see the power that he lived with. And remember, he fights for us. He fights with us. We are never on our own. And that's the devil's number one tactic, to lie to us and tell us we're on our own. It's all up to us. It's not. It's not. It can't be. God has called us to a task, and it is a big task. It is a big mountain to climb. But he goes with us, he goes before us, and he will strengthen us for the task. And we should be spurred on by the hope and the riches and the power that we can find in Jesus Christ. I hope that would encourage you today. If that's something you need to explore, I ask and I pray that you would explore that. Look at your Lord Jesus. Remember what he's done for you. Remember who he is. Remember that he's the King of Kings that he's on his throne, that he holds the universe up by the word of his power, that nothing is too big for God. And look at that thing you're facing today and put a bullseye on it. And with the strength of your God and with the hope and the riches that await you, go after it and take it down, just like David with the giant, because you can and you will. I pray that it's a blessing for you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.